Welcome to Airwaves, the official podcast of the Naval Air Systems Command. I'm your host, Michael Lauren Peru. Today, we welcome to the show a very special guest, Navair Commander Vice Admiral Carl Chebby. Sir, you assumed command in September, and since that time, you've been on the go, out and about visiting sites across the organization to get to know the Navair workforce. So today, we're going to turn the tables a bit. We're going to give our listeners a chance to get to know you and talk a bit about command priorities, focus areas, and the behaviors that enable mission success. So let's get started. Tell us about yourself and what brought you to Navair. I've been here for a couple months. I've uh, I've enjoyed my time back at Navair. I've been away for a couple of years and it's uh, it's been fun and exciting to come on back to, to meet uh or catch up with a lot of old friends and meet a lot of new people here. I've uh, I've got to observe what Never was doing from a distance for the last five years, and it's it's great to be back part of this team. I'm married with three kids. We've been married for 28 years. The best decision of my life. I'll talk about the second best decision in a couple minutes here. Three kids. One of them is in uh, the Navy with us right now. Is a Lieutenant JG down in Pensacola. He'll he'll be flying the products that we're delivering here at Never. The second one is a sophomore at USD in San Diego, enjoying the weather. Uh, he is also part of NROTC. He'll, he will also be flying or employing the warfighting capability that NAVAIR team is uh, the delivering. And then Ashley's over here as a high school uh, senior. So uh, to many of the parents out there, I, I'm, I'm going through the same things you are as a parent uh, today with Ashley. We talk about delivering you know, warfighting capability to enable the fleet to win. It's, uh, I, I know many family members have sons and daughters here locally that are going to be employing the warfighting capability that we're providing them. So I take it very personally. If you heard my change of command speech, I, I talked about the why. It's our sons and daughters, giving them the capability that they can go into combat, successfully execute their mission, and return home safely. So it's, it's very personal to me. So that's on the personal side. On the professional side, I'm an operational F-14 guy, F-18 guy. Did multiple tours around the world. I did two wonderful tours overseas in Japan. I showed up at Navair in 2006. I was able to uh, join the 265 team, learn about F-18s take over the 201 team from a weapons perspective, go to 298, do system of systems work, up here as a vice commander, a very small amount of time, and then I went over to selector for flag officer, and I got an opportunity to go out to San Diego, which I have never uh, been out there for a long time, and I enjoyed that tour tremendously, doing PEOC4I and space systems. I got to engage with a different community, which was really interesting to me, that uh, I was in so, uh, so used to dealing with aviators and uh, URLs and AEDOs, our community and the local community here. To go out to San Diego and deal with the surface community and the subsurface community, the intel community, so it was, it was very interesting. It, it, it provided me some context on uh, actually different perspectives on how to look at problems. From there uh, up to the JPO up in D.C., and I got to work with the Air Force folks, the Navy folks, the Marine Corps folks, with the OSD folks, with our partners. And again, it opened up my aperture to different ways of looking at the problem. I bring up those last two stories as we kind of go forward and as we are, you know, performing very, very well here across NAVAIR. I think part of one of my focus areas as we kind of go forward is, you know, to bring in different thoughts, new and different thoughts. I try to walk around a lot and talk to the organization. I will continue to do that. I'm interested in people's thoughts. I'm interested in leaders engaging their full team across this organization. The diversity of thought, diversity of background, diversity of experiences, so critical to our success moving forward. So you've spent quite a bit of time at Navair or on the receiving end of the products that we produce. 
If someone were to ask you, what is now there? What's the mission? What would you say? Very simply, we deliver the warfighting capability the fleet needs to win at a cost we can afford. We deliver integrated warfighting capability to enable the fleet to compete, deter, and win tonight, tomorrow, and in the future. We deliver warfighting capability the fleet can employ, maneuver, and maintain in a blue water combat environment. However you want to state it, it's about you know supporting the warfighter who's out in the front lines today, giving them warfighting capability that will enable them to be successful, execute their missions, and return home safely. And the foundation of that success is the NAVAIR team. It's the Naval Aviation Enterprise, made up of you know 30,000-plus folks across this organization. So that's what we do. We deliver the warfighting capability. You mentioned delivering capability at a cost we can afford. Why is it so important that we look at affordability not just today, but in the future? Maggie and I were newly married. We established a savings plan so that we could afford a house and afford a car. But in the back of our minds, we kind of looked at, you know, where are we going to be in 10 years and 15 years? We're going to have kids in college, so we have to start a college savings program from there for them. And then following that, you know, in a couple of years after that, we'll transition to the next part of our life and where are we going to retire and what does our savings look like? So we, we, we looked at it at three different time horizons, you know, affording today, affording tomorrow, affording our future. In the same way from across uh, naval aviation. We have to live the warfighting capability out there today. We have to be able to make sure it's affordable and available. But with all the things that we can do today to make sure we have continued affordability and availability kind of going into the future. From a capability perspective, to continue to pace the threat as we move forward, looking at it in multiple different time horizons is so critically important to our success. So just like at home, planning ahead, I think that's what we have to do here at NAVAIR. We continuously have to look at where we are today, but we also have to raise our eyes to the horizon to see where we need to be in the future and what can we do now to impact that future state. You've had a lot of diverse opportunities throughout your career. What did you learn from those experiences? And how is that knowledge going to help you as you lead the organization? So I'm not the smartest person in the room. The smartest ideas will not come from the fifth floor. It will not come from the flag officers and the SESers. It will come from the entire organization. That's my lesson learned is, you know, as I went out and had different experiences with different organizations, I'm like, well, I never thought about it that way. You're a surface guy and you're looking at it differently than I'm looking at as an aviator. You're a young kid who's looking at this and you're asking the right questions that I've, I've never looked at it that way. It gives me new perspectives. And trust me, at home I get, I get plenty of perspectives also from my 14-year-old, my 19-year-old, my and 24-year-old. It's interesting to get their feedback as they're joining the Navy and what they think about kind of how we're operating. So that's what I've learned. Open up my aperture to look at new ideas, new ways of looking at the problem, encourage and kind of reinforce a behavior where we employ our entire workforce. If we're just going to the same people for the answers, asking the same people the same questions for the same answers, we're not going to get better. So how do we improve? That's the diversity of thought, diversity of experience, diversity of perspective. I cannot emphasize that enough. I think that's critically important to our success. And that leads us right to my next question. How do we create a culture capable of meeting challenges that exist today within naval aviation? Changing a culture is hard. I talk about it, and the analogy I give is when, when we have a man overboard on an aircraft carrier, and they put either full left rudder or full right rudder in there. With the momentum of the organization, that aircraft carrier continues going straight for quite a while, and then all of a sudden it starts changing. So the cultural change that I'm looking for that's going to take some time, we're going to put full rudder in, and we're going to reinforce the behaviors that will kind of what we think is important to the culture as we move forward here. We have the processes, we have the tools, we have that. That's not going to make us successful. It's the people thinking differently about the problem, being bold, challenging the assumptions. 
not taking no from somebody who can't give you a yes, owning a problem, looking at things from abundance versus a scarcity perspective, asking for forgiveness before you ask for permission. Uh, when in command, command. When there's an issue, raising it as fast as you possibly can so we can get it resolved here. That's what we want to reinforce. I had two folks in my last in PEOC for I that they were very proud of their call signs. One of them actually got a shirt made. He was called the violator. And the other one was the bull in the china shop. So John was the violator. And he felt strongly for something. He leaned into it. He didn't break any laws. He got real close to the sides. And it was the behavior that I wanted. So I reinforced that behavior. The bull in the china shop, Chet would uh, often reinforce the behavior of as he was asking for, as he was routing things or doing new initiatives, he would often end his discussions, uh, do you agree or disagree with the folks? If they disagreed, he would ask the next question, can you say yes, can you approve this? And if they couldn't approve it, he would take it to the next level. It's a great way to execute. That behavior reinforced over and over again, I think is so important. The final example I'll give you was, I sent my weekly to Secretary Gertz, send him once a week, it was just four or five sentences. And one of the times I told them how we, we saved, the team had saved, I don't know, $50,000 across a multi-billion dollar portfolio, insignificant. But Secretary Gertz understood the behavior I was trying to reinforce with the, with the organization. So I sent it to him. Secretary Gertz does the right thing. He responds back to, the, to include reply to all, fantastic work, every dollar counts. We were establishing a cost-conscious culture at PLC for us, same thing we're doing here at Navier. So. So I ask all of us, as we establish these behaviors and reinforce these behaviors, this, this is going to be a team effort. Again, changing the, the heading of that aircraft carrier is going to take a lot of us keeping our rudder in to change the culture, change the behaviors. Let's go back to the idea of a cost-conscious culture. What is it going to take for us to establish that behavior across the entire organization? We need to know collectively where every single dollar is going. We need to be good stewards of taxpayer money every single time. Uh, all the time. That, that is foundational to our success. We need to know where every single dollar is going. We need to know how that dollar is being spent, how that relates to our, our, our primary missions that deliver the warfare and capability the fleet needs to win at a cost we can afford. Challenge ourselves where every single dollar is going. What is our cost of our output that's relating to our towards our North Star? So I can't solve that from the fifth deck. That'll take the entire team looking at this, knowing where every single dollar is going and kind of figuring out what the should cost initiatives we can put in here, but where we can drive efficiencies, what do we need to stop doing, to no kidding, so we can provide the warfighting capability the fleet needs at a cost we can afford. Budgets are not going up. So what are we doing to, what can we do to make sure we maximize the dollars going to warfighting capability and minimize all the other dollars? That's cost conscious. You've used the term, get real. What does that mean, and how will that way of thinking help us improve delivery of products and solutions to the fleet? First of all, it's not my term. It's VCNO's term, so I want, I want to make sure I'm not taking away his copyright on, on that one. It's about outcomes and outputs that matter to the fleet. You know, it's that warfighting capability that's affordable. That's what we're driving at. So as we're, as we're attacking all our initiatives across this organization, the get real aspect is it's taking the time to define the problem, the root cause of that problem, and then put in the appropriate plan in place. And then define your metrics so that you're tracking outcomes. Are we getting better? So it's a learning process. Uh, but I think the team is kind of is rallying around this. This is so critical for us to, no kidding, for us to get better. The F-18 is a great example where we were with, uh, with availability a couple years ago. We got real with that problem, understood what, what were the root cause of our problems, what were the levers we need to pull. We started pulling and we started measuring the outcomes 
with the output, and, and we increased our uh, available aircraft by over 100. So that's a good news story. We need to replicate that, grow that, expand that across across Niger, and teams are doing that today. Trust me, they are. So this is a good news story. Let's talk about the importance of collaboration. Why is it so important that we share our lessons learned across the organization and really embody that spirit of one team, one fight? I like to reach out and get different ideas and get different perspectives before I make decisions. So critically important for us to kind of reach out across PMs, across PEOs, across syscoms, across services for us to capture lessons learned, different perspectives for us to no kidding improve. We're performing very, very well. How do we you know, incrementally improve that as we kind of go forward? Reaching out, collaborating, learning from each other is something that I think that we need to continue to do. In naval aviation, there are no new mishaps. There are only new people making the same mistakes. So how do we accelerate that learning by partnering, by reaching out, by opening up our aperture to, to help different people are tackling these problems? I think that's so critically important to our success moving forward. You've spent 30 plus years in the Navy. What do you love about naval aviation today? And what excites you about the future? In 1986, a movie came out and you guys probably figure out which movie that is. And I made the second best choice in my entire life besides marrying my wife. I joined Naval Aviation and I got to be part of a team that had a tremendous mission uh, that was rewarding, that was challenging. Uh, I got to lead, I got to build lifelong friends. And there's a reason I continue to do this. I so enjoy what I do. It is about the challenges, it's about the people, it's about the, the camaraderie, it's about seeing the folks that you work with continue on to be successful. You see them grow. I mean, that's so exciting to me. I got to fly F-14s, I got to fly F-18s. I got to do so many things that I'm just so happy that I got to do. Today, I'm excited for, you know, if you look at the Carl Vinson, who just deployed a couple months ago now, I mean, the capability we have on that aircraft carrier, decades ahead of where I was when I was flying F-14s and F-18s. So you got Super Hornets out there, you got Crowlers out there, you got F-35s out there, you got CMB-22s out there. And what's coming down in the future? We've got MQ-25 going, coming down and hitting our, the carriers in a couple of years here. The stuff we're doing with NAVWAR from a partnership, from a project overmatch. We're going to be working, you know, employing capability from seabed to space. So it's an exciting time today. And then in the future, just as I was excited about what I got to do for the last 30 years, I get to, to kind of relive that now in the, uh, through the eyes of our, our future naval aviators. So the sons and daughters of many of the NAVAIR workforce, they have sons and daughters that I engage with, and I know they're in flight school, they're flying F-18s or flying F-35s or flying helicopters. I see their excitement, I see the, you know, their, their challenges, how rewarding it is for them, what, their, what responsibilities they're being they're given. So across those three time horizons, it's, uh, I'm excited for what I was, I've been able to do, I'm excited for where we're at today, and I'm excited for where we're going in the future. It's truly awesome. So if our listeners visit your LinkedIn page, they're going to see several photos, selfies, of you interacting with the workforce. Why do you enjoy getting out, meeting people face-to-face, and why is their feedback so important? I'll just say this. I am over 50, so I can be set in my ways. The, the experiences that I learned, even as a, a 48-year-old, were different than I knew when I was 30, and it was just so, so powerful to me to see what the C4I t- team taught me, the JPO team taught me, the NAVAIR team taught me. Again, the reason I get out and walk around is I hear lots of feedback from the organization. I hear their perspective. I try to convey my perspective back to them. Having face-to-face communications, seeing the body language, so critically important for us to kind of grow as an organization. So I will continue to get out and talk to the folks. 
it gives me energy to see some uh, some brand new folks who have just joined Navair and get their perspective. Folks who've been here for 32 years get their perspective. Here's my takeaway. We have a fantastic team across this organization delivering game-changing war fighting capability to the fleet. So let's focus on what we're doing well each and every single day and grow and expand and learn from that. At the same time, where there's some places for us to make improvements, we'll make those improvements. I think that'll be driven a lot by the behaviors and the culture that we'll establish across the organization that everyone needs to establish. But never forget about all the great things that are going on across this organization every single day. Please grow that. And as you are out and about visiting all the different sites, there is a question you like to ask. So when I'm out and about, I will ask this. I will ask, what would you do if you were me? If you could change one thing. And I ask that question so people kind of have time to think about it. One of the things I've learned throughout my entire career, it's, you know, where you sit depends on where you stand. And you have different perspectives. I talked about, you know, opening up my aperture for different thoughts. I appreciate everyone's feedback in there. And I'll give you my perspective. If they have questions, if, they, if you were me, what would you do? Type of, you know, what was the one thing you would change? And I'll give you kind of my perspective on what, why we're doing what we're doing. But then again, I may also be asked a question. I'm like, oh, I never, I never thought about it that way. So please think about kind of, if you were the NAVAIR commander, what would you do? I'm trying to get after the blind spots that I have to make sure I have insight to kind of how this organization is running. So a behavior I would love to see replicated over and over again as throughout the entire leadership team, all the way down to the lowest levels, we start asking those questions as well of each other. That's the way we improve. It's not going to be from the fifth floor. It'll be from the, it'll be across the entire organization. And another way our workforce can provide feedback is by visiting the Command Intent website. There you can also learn more about command priorities, focus areas, and read some success stories from the NAVAIR team. Sir, thanks so much for joining us today. It was an absolute pleasure speaking with you. And that's it for this edition of Airwaves. Thanks for listening.